When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Town TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy, Kyle, and producer Dave. That's your boy, PD. And today, we're going to be talking HBO's new hit series, The Last of Us. This is going to be season one, episode five. And before we get into it, you guys know the drill. If you want to support the podcast, why don't you go over to BenchtownTV.com. That has our entire catalog of all the shows we've covered. We've hit The Mandalorian, The Boys, Haunting of Hill House, and everything in between. Currently, right now, besides The Last of Us, we're working on Yellow Jacket Season 1. That's going to be releasing a Season 2, which we are also going to be covering in March. Uh, Shadow and Bone is coming up. I already mentioned The Mandalorian, but we got another season of that in March. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Again, just go over to BenchtownTV.com and you can find everything that we got going on. And one more thing, the easiest, best way you can support the podcast is just wherever you're listening right now, hit that subscribe button. That's all you got to do. Please and thank you. But yeah, episode five, here we go. Uh, Entitled Endure and Survive. Episode five was a banger, guys. I really liked Mm -hmm. it. I I hope none of us got too attached to Kathleen, Henry, or Sam because, boy, they are dead as can be at the moment. But... (laughs) Yeah, it was a really good episode, and the IMDb ratings suggest that as well. It is currently standing at a 9.6, which is that's about as good as it gets on IMDb. So, oh, yeah, the fandom liked it. it you guys are nodding your approval. Looks like you guys liked it. Um, and yeah. Kansas City I, <laughs> fell to the yeah. infected, like to the Philadelphia to Eagles. Today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, uh, it is worth mentioning. This is a Sunday recording. Obviously, The Last of Us. This episode dropped on Friday, so we are nice Sunday afternoon recording pre Super Bowl. Um, Burns, baby. Yeah, I've been talking a while. Someone, someone, take it from me. <laughs> I just want to say that I, I think it's funny that like the way you're talking makes it seem like we didn't watch the episode together where you're like oh you know like i hope you guys liked it too and stuff like we were literally all in the room together watching <laughs> well jimmy we were all like "Woo, yeah it was great so that's funny i mean yeah it was fantastic i have one small gripe but that's that's it we'll get to it when we get to it uh best episode of the season so far for me sam and henry were incredible i was my heart was ripped out of my fucking chest at the end of this episode I wasn't expecting it. I was really hoping that maybe they could live. Everyone just goes their separate ways and we reconvene maybe at the (laughs) end of the season. But unfortunately, that was not the case. And I had to sit on the thoughts of Henry and Sam's story arc coming to a close for a couple days now. And it still hurts to talk about. Me and Brian knew that this one was going to cut deep. Yeah, we did. Very, very deep playing the video game. And it cut deep watching it. And I think they did it. It was very similar. They did it very similar in the TV show, but it cut deeper in the TV show. And they did it very, very well. Um, Sam and Henry, it was interesting to hear what you guys thought was going to happen with me and Brian knowing what was actually going to happen. Yeah. I I mean, I I was sitting there during the episode. We're getting the whole, you know, cute scenes with Ellie and Sam and then Henry and Joel are kind of having their talks and everything. And, 
I'm sitting there. I'm like, this feels like an anime. They're building us up with these great scenes to just completely knock us down later. I only, I swear, I thought it was only going to be Henry that was going to be taken out by maybe a zombie and Sam would somehow live. But as Kyle said, when I was making these comments, he's like, you know, Joel's not out here running a daycare. So yeah. something's got to happen to Sam. I didn't want to believe something would happen. And it was the worst thing I think I could have imagined for either of those two people. Yeah. And I have to agree with you, Jim, as a video game player. We did know this was coming. It definitely hit home, even though we did know it was coming. And for what it's worth, I think the kind of final scene where it's the murder suicide, whatever you want to call it, that again, felt like one of those moments that was just plucked right out of the video game, even like the aesthetics in the yellow room. It was just like really well done. But of course, there were some slight differences in the storyline of Henry and Sam, and I'm sure we're going to get into it. But uh, if we have kind of our instant reactions out of the way, let's get into this episode. It can be pretty well defined. The first part is just kind of showing us Henry and Sam, what they were getting into in Kansas City prior to Joel and Ellie crashing uh, through the storefront. Um, so the first scene we get is I just referred to it as Kansas City's Independence Day from Fedra. It kind of takes us right to the moment where the people reclaim the city and I mean, the people aren't operating much better than what I would expect Fedra had been operating, you know, executing people point blank, like pretty nasty business gaining your independence in Kansas City. Uh, But Dave and Kyle, I'll open it up to you. What were you guys thinking about the scenes at the time? I I mean, you're right. It's kind of not shocking, but it's it's definitely brutal to watch. But I think they give you context a little bit later on and that it I mean, I don't want to say it's necessarily deserved, but it felt kind of deserved after you learn that like kansas city's fedra has like a really notorious reputation for being just like absolutely terrible people so mm-hmm. and, they, and they do it they weave it throughout the episode of like who's good who's bad no one's actually good here's the bad things they've done but they've done them for these reasons so it's like okay you can empathize with all of them i guess or maybe sympathize but it was like it was definitely like brutal to watch but like as dave has said before they've done a really good job of starting these episodes with the flashbacks so it was like really nice to get that context yeah it was absolute savagery i mean you see the one truck dragging the body with like a bunch of knives in its front just through the streets of kansas city i mean it, it was tough to watch they were saying in the episode that kansas city had you know some of the worst federal agents and um so it makes sense that the people would act just as savage back to them. Um, I also think that it was interesting getting the third party of the collaborators uh, here, because I don't know if that will be uh, like a faction or grouping of other Fedra um, QZ zones, but just having the collaborators who weren't specifically with Fedra, but were, you know, kind of just snitching on things that were going on in the QZ to Fedra. I thought that was an interesting perspective, and especially with a character like Henry, who morally seems like a good person but then is now placed in this position of what is right what is wrong he has to you know rat out some of his friends potentially to work with fedra in order to get it a cure that you know they aren't just willingly going to give him so i thought it was an interesting dynamic of the collaborators in this episode and uh, correct me if i'm wrong the boston qz the fire flies I mean, it, it, this is kind of their ultimate goal, no? I don't know if they maybe have done it as brutally. It feels like I wonder if the way they would do it would look any similar or if it would be maybe a little bit more organized. 
I'm, that's just like I, a, a question shouted out into the void, but it just made me think of like the comparison between the two groups. Yeah, to me, I, I think they're trying to paint the picture that these guys are less kind of organized than the Fireflies. They seem like a, a national kind of like yeah, organized yeah. resistance that's fighting Fedra at like, uh, I don't know, the multiple places. Yeah, multiple places, larger scale, whatever. I think these are just people who like yeah just fed up with it casey fedra sucked like they were worse than the fedra that we saw in boston at least that's what they're kind of giving to us telling us um i don't know so anyway continuing on with this dave you were talking about the collaborators which weren't really a concept they explored in the games as i recall so the collaborators are are kind of for the tv show uh but Kathleen is just rounding them up and we have this nice little monologue where she's talking to the collaborators and is just trying to figure out where Henry is. Where's Henry? Where's Henry? But it's kind of like, did it feel good like turning in your friends so you could get like apples and alcohol? I feel like this episode did do a pretty good job of giving us the audience like an opportunity to rationalize, see where uh, Kathleen is coming from, yeah. really. You know, sure. it, it really did make henry look bad kind of later on in the episode where she's like kids fucking die bro like world doesn't revolve around sam and look at what you cause melanie linsky is she was almost a perfect choice because she is so good at delivering like that like middle school pto mom like tone but like saying insane shit like they're gonna just kill people and murder them brutally like she says brutal words but like the way that she says them sounds like a middle school mom giving like a lecture to her like toddler it's just like that the dynamic is very interesting. She feels worse almost saying it that way than if she was like, if it was like a guy who was like, if it was like Perry, who's like a soldier saying it, it would feel yeah. less like not creepy as my desk again floats away. Um, <laughs> it just it feels maybe creepier the way that she says it. So it, it hits it's harder. It's like Professor Umbridge, man. Oh my God. So <laughs> the one collaborator finally does break and it's just like, listen, I heard that he was meeting up with Edelstein. I don't know where, but it's somewhere still in the city. And then she kind of walks out, has the information. Uh, the guy, Perry, is that the bearded guy's name? Yeah. He's like, are we actually giving these people a trial? She's like, what the fuck do you think? These people are not getting a trial. We are going to kill these bastards. Um, and then she just orders everybody to go door to door. And Perry's knee jerk reaction is what Kyle was bringing up. Or I think we were all talking about yeah. it last episode. Like, this is not the best time to allocate those kinds of resources just for a singular person manhunt. Like, he's like, come on, this is a very spiteful revenge trek that you're going on. We don't need to do this. But, you know, we're we're starting yeah. to see who Kathleen is as a person and where her priorities lie. The line was interesting where it was like, you know, he's not my seventh priority, Perry. Is he yours? And he kind of says no. And I guess like you do learn later on that they all have a kind of a reason to dislike Henry. But it is interesting that, yeah, it seems like they do have bigger fish to fry than just one guy. I guess technically two if you want to count Sam, but Sam barely counts. Right. And that'll take us to Henry kind of meeting up and establishing the hideout in the attic with Dr. Edelstein. So it's Henry and Sam just kind of they got like 10 cans of soup, whatever. They have enough supplies to last for 11 days while they can like kind of monitor the patrols, figure out what's going on and essentially just devise a way to escape the city. So we don't follow it very long. It's a 10 day time skip. They're down to their last can. The doctor had left the hideout to get more food and sam's just kind of like hey bro i'm hungry and this doctor doesn't seem like he's coming back 
you can see Henry's just getting all in his head. It, Henry's not a survivalist by any means. Like we find that out. He he admits it to Joel. Like, I need you if we want to make this work. But this was kind of tough to watch as yeah. like, I, I wouldn't know what to tell this kid either. Yeah. I mean, Edelstein does say to him, too, in the beginning when they first meet up in that. Sam is scared because you are scared, Henry. So then mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. speaks to him. And I, we have, I guess, even touched on the fact that that Sam is deaf, which adds right. a whole nother layer of like, yeah. he really relies on Henry. And Henry obviously feels that level of responsibility. And yeah, they, they, could, they did a good job of like kind of putting you into Henry's shoes here. And like you said, it, it's hard to watch because you got to think like when you watch things like this, you're always thinking of what you would do and putting yourself in those shoes. And I, I can't imagine the level of responsibility he would feel. It's just so difficult, especially having to watch over someone else. You already yourself are very shaky about the situation. And now not only do you have to care for yourself, but someone else who, like Kyle mentioned, is deaf. So that just adds another layer of pressure to Henry's character. And I get where he's coming from with, you know, I mean, it's, it's so hard. I couldn't imagine, you know, having to look after someone and then, while also trying to survive, just put on this facade that everything is going to be okay when you yourself have no idea if that's actually the case or not, especially in a in a position where they are, you know, they're they're pressed for time. They have 11 days to create a ridiculous plan to get out of the city. So if I was Henry, I totally understand that I would be feeling the pressure, too. I don't think I would be able to hide the fact that I would be scared. And I think he does a good job of kind of making light of the situation to make Sam feel better. But Sam still even afterwards, I think doesn't feel fully safe either, but that's just the world that you're going to be living in at this point. It's just, you're never going to feel a hundred percent safe at any moment. We said it last episode and they said it in the, after the episode of like Sam and Henry being this mirror of Joel and Ellie. And it's just interesting that like Joel has it so much easier with Ellie. Ellie's annoying. Mm -hmm. And that's like, she just doesn't shut the fuck up, but she's way infinitely more capable than right. Sam, I would say, like she, I mean, not to sound crass, but I mean, she can hear, which is helpful mm-hmm. in the sense she's older, she can, you know, can handle a weapon actually. So, like, she is more useful, and Joel right. himself is more useful. So, like, their journey together that we've seen has been difficult, but now we get Sam and Henry's, which is they're playing on expert, expert, expert mode essentially. Yeah. And this was definitely a device they did for the TV show to emphasize kind of how out of their depth Henry and Sam as a pairing are in this apocalypse. I believe Sam was about 13, 14 in the games. He was not like a definitive child. He was a little bit more like aged up to Ellie's. Uh, And obviously he was not deaf. So Uh. they were a much more capable pair. But I think that was a decision for the TV show. Let's make sure the audience knows that they could not survive without Joel. Yeah, it was good. It was definitely like oh, made yeah. us feel like way more sympathy and like kind of like cling to them much harder across this one episode because of that. Is that what you guys were guessing? I mean, we were talking about this last episode, two guns, Joel and Ellie's face, and you end up finding out that neither of them know how to use the guns. They're they're yeah, unloaded, they're not even loaded. Yeah, right. Exactly. That so they're good. just putting on this crazy facade. So it's a nice fake out. Yeah, that was great because we find that out way back in the flashback in the first scene where Henry's like, my gun isn't loaded. And Dr. Edelstein's like, neither is mine. So like, you right. know, at that point, because we've already seen episode four that they're pointing unloaded right. weapons at Ellie in the present. So that was that was really good. That was well done. Just curiously, from your guys video game perspective, did you like the the, the idea of Sam being deaf and him being a little bit younger? Or was that just completely off key for you guys? I, th- I thought it worked for me, honestly. I mean, they 
still met the same fate as in the game and they didn't stick around too long. But I didn't even really it didn't register with me until after the episode and I started mm. looking into it. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess Sam was like a little uh, older. I kind of forgot he wasn't deaf. <laughs> I had to like look that up. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you get to the part where Ellie and Sam are having the conversation via the writing on the little board that he writes on. That was a full on word for word conversation that they have in the video game. And it's heartbreaking either way. And the fact that I'm watching this and you're sitting there knowing what he's supposed to say because of the video game, but watching him write it and then turning it around to Ellie, I think it was really, really good for the TV show as a transition from the game to the TV show. And I also think that like Brian and was saying, it's just the fact that you have Henry and Sam, you make Sam younger, you make him deaf. The actor, phenomenal. Who he's also yes. deaf in real life. It, it it just makes it seem like just to reiterate what you said, Brian. They needed Joel more, mm-hmm. and they needed Ellie more, and they needed it was literally like Joel was going to be taking on two more kids. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because even Henry is like not an idiot, but like he doesn't realize kind of the gravity of certain situations. Like Joel has to treat him like a kid sometimes, which I thought. Was I funny. mean, he's freaking. He's sitting there. On the open street, going like, "Yo, bro, my yeah." Work, was pissed. B Liddy said out loud, "Like this guy needs to shut the fuck up." <laughs> he was annoying. Yeah, that was like yeah. Henry. Come on, brother. Yeah. Anyway, well, why don't we just fill in the blanks? Um, yeah. So they, Henry and Sam, start to embark. Which in Henry's head, he's like, "All right, we gotta leave. I don't know how the fuck we're actually gonna do this." But as they're about to open the door, they hear a crash. And they look through the window and they essentially just see the entire Joel and Ellie crashing into the storefront, taking out some of the troops play out. Uh, and he looks at Sam and is like, new plan. We're going to get that guy on our team. Smart. Uh, yeah. You see you see Joel shooting the people that you're going against. Yeah. And he's he taking them out. Yeah. But not like doing a great job like a of boss. it. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, your instant thought would be, OK, that is someone we need on our team. Yeah. And that this really hit home of uh, the fact that Sam is deaf in that oh, Sam's yeah. just standing there watching Henry like freak out looking through the window. And he's like, like, what's, what's going on? on? What the going on? Yeah. Like, what yeah. the hell's going on? That's I another mean, part of the whole thing we were talking about earlier with. It's so hard for Henry to pretend like everything is OK, because when you are, yeah. you know, 50 feet and arms throw away from, you know, gunfire explosions, those reactions. And, you know, if Sam can't hear him and he's just reading your face, then of course, who Henry is shitting himself, which is that's going to lead to Sam shitting himself. So, yeah. And I was watching because, like you said, Kyle, the first time Henry freaks out when he sees the gunshots or hears the gunshots, I'm sorry. And it was the scene that we already know with Joel and Ellie and three um, people from the revolution. Sam obviously doesn't duck down and he goes, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm watching throughout this episode and the scene where the sniper is shooting, Sam is delayed when the sniper starts shooting and they're like, down, down. Like he has to wait and see everyone else go down before he goes down. That's good. I I mean, it's unbelievable to be in this situation where, you know, we're talking about clickers where you're like, wait, you know, listen for the clicks and you know, you're it's game over or anything i mean to be deaf is is you can't imagine much yeah you can't imagine how how that goes in this kind of world although having sign language as an ability to communicate would be a very useful thing 
though I digress. So that brings us to kind of where we left the last episode. Joel and Ellie are held at gunpoint by Henry and Sam. And this kind of very quickly turns into a little bit of a comedy scene where Ellie's like, Joel, come on, dude, just drop like the yeah. being a hard ass act. They got a gun to my face. <laughs> hey, Henry's like, that's a, we- yeah. that's a weird fucking tone, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was perfect. laughing out loud. Um, I, th- I think Joel, just as experienced as he is, could very quickly grasp, okay, this guy is not coming at us maliciously. And I guess Henry even says that I'm not used to this. I don't know what you're supposed to do next in a situation like this. Uh, But obviously, they start working together. They share their food, which Henry and Sam are, of course, appreciative for. And then that fast forwards us to the next day where uh, Henry essentially just lays out the plan and calls Kansas City Killa City, which was interesting. But Mm -hmm. cool shot them on the top floor of the high rise overlooking the city um, and essentially just deciding that they're going to use the tunnel. So anything you guys want to hit here? I like that Joel immediately recoils when he finds out that Henry is a rat. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to work with rats. rats. Yeah. Yeah, He's like, well, you fucking do today because you don't got a choice. I I like that. It's funny thinking of like the, I guess, culture maybe that permeates throughout separate QZs. And just if you work with Fedra, like we don't fuck with you. Like Joel isn't even a firefly or anything like that. He is a very selfish person in the things that he does, but he still has like that level of connotation for people that work with right i thought it was pretty interesting that joel brought up he was like oh wow i heard kc fedra was like monsters and he's like you heard right i just thought it was interesting that that information about fedra in a different city would have made it to boston yeah well i guess joel i mean they're him he travels tess yeah Yeah. they're they're fairly mobile he gets around but i mean this really does hammer home what we were saying about henry this is a scene where Henry and Sam have the unloaded guns to Joel and Ellie right in their face. And within two seconds, Henry gives up the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing. He says, I'm going to trust you, even though Joel is straight up being like, yeah, we're cool, bro. We're, we're, you know, like, I mean, he's like, See, he I like told you, bro, you're a little sick and the tone's great. perfect from you. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. I'm infected. I'm I'm yeah, I'm Batman. But I mean, seriously, though, like he's he, <laughs> he straight Where's up gave Rachel? up everything. <laughs> <Rachel>. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, so, honestly, okay. he, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can't get this thought out. <laughs> it can't be that important. Get it out, Brian. I was going to say, Jimmy, this is the first time I think they bring up the concept of Fedra drove the infected underground 15 years ago, which as a video game player, I thought that was just how Marvel always just adds the word quantum to something and explains everything they need to explain. <laughs> yeah, right, right, it was right, like, right. how the fuck did they drive them underground? And then he says, no, but it's okay. They're not in the tunnels. It's like, if they're not in the tunnels, where else underground? Like, did they just dig a hole and push them in there? Like that, I thought that was lazy writing. They needed to give us a little bit more about how that happened, but they just gave I mean, it to do- us and left it there. They do say that it's it's like word of like someone else's word. Like he says that the Fedra agent that he worked with said it. So he's like hearing it through like kind of through the grapevine and it can get distorted a little bit. And I guess the way he says it, that they drove them underground like ye- like 15 years ago. And then three years ago, they went and cleared the tunnels cleared out. It out. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, well, either way, it just seems it is tough to say, you know, we drove them underground because there's no way the infected aren't coming forward. You're literally like you have to get yeah. like shields and really like fill up 
with all your them, troops, push them down, push them, push them, push them. But yeah, they're not cattle. You can't just like I, I just didn't yeah. think it made a walking whole lot dead of sense. zombies. You could do that much easier. Oh, with. yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and heard them motherfuckers. And we can get to this in a second, but I actually wanted to text you separately, Brian. I totally forgot. And mm-hmm. I'm not right in what I was saying, but the last episode and we were talking about the pulsating ground. They really didn't get too yep. much into it, but I'm assuming that our I'm assuming that our assumption is going to be that it's just where the hole is that's going to implode so that the infected can get out, just like what happened in that part of the town. Yes. It's, so that like brings up like, separate section because my my guess, my only guess, because I said it to you on the pod, Brian, I was like, I don't know what this could be. It's not in the game. My only guess is it's a bloater. Now, funnily enough, a bloater comes out mm. and he's the big yeah. dog that comes out. But that's not right, because I was saying, like, what is there a bloater like laying under the ground? That's just like breathing because he's so big. It's like a, mm. a like a sleeping yeah. dragon. Pulse. But no, I mean, to me, it made it seem like. I don't think this is great as like giving an answer, because I don't think they did give an answer, but it just seemed like. It's where the infected are and at any time it can implode and they can come out just like it did in the town now that you're yeah. saying that it, it does feel a little bit too disconnected of like they showed us that scene of like the ground breathing where it was like hey they're underground and then they tell us they're underground but then we go a way far away from where we originally saw it and it actually yeah. happens that the disconnect in the distance does feel weird it would have made a feel like I, more sense if it happened right I, there in that spot and right then it right up and I joked, I said, like, are we going to get an answer? And you guys are like, if we don't get an answer, that's ridiculous. At this point, it does seem like if you said you have a strife and it's not that, Kyle, I'm excited to hear what you're going to say. But that was my thing. Yeah. I just wanted to know what the deal is with that. I, I feel like I'm always playing devil da- devil's advocate. I'm on your guys' side. I think that this was, if anything, my biggest complaint of the episode was not getting the explanation of how the like the crater was operating and how we were able to get, get so far away from the town and still have all those clickers underground. But the yeah. only thing I could think of is if they were like, just they, they funneled the clickers down there and maybe they started throwing people who were bitten and stuff. Like they started throwing them down there. So there was just like a miles of stretch of just clickers underground and not like they were just connected through the town and the city itself. Again, that still just doesn't feel like great writing because they yeah. didn't vividly explain that to us like we talked about that too in person at the episode and it just would be so asinine to throw people down there who have been bit rather than just killing them yeah burn them like you would just kill those people first of all but i get also i mean i don't know the they're kind of crazy obviously the infected so like if they're underground do they like make their own tunnels almost where they're just running around down there and yeah like what's happening and we talked i guess episode two we see that like it like has the actual connections of like fungus growing through the ground and stuff. And right. it still is. I agree with you. It it literally happens in the suburbs when we saw the original like breathing ground was obviously in the middle of the city. So it, that geographical right. disconnect is definitely like a little bit jarring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, they just didn't give us enough yeah. about the mechanics of it. And they also emphasized that Kansas City seemed to be the only like that's the only thing Fedra did right here is they drove them underground. So I don't think other people took this approach. All that is to say, I don't think we're going to see this again. I think yeah, they're probably I think just going to leave it, it here. Like, that was the answer. That was what they were going um, with it. And so a little bit lame, but like yeah. Jimmy has said, this wasn't in the video game. So this kind of was just filler stuff that they put in. So 
there is visually, no it looked great. We'll get to obviously uh, talk it, about visually yeah. phenomenal. And on, yeah. and honestly, if you don't even show me that, you know, because we said that the pulsating ground was going to be something where Perry says, Kathleen, we have to take care of this. And then she's going to go after Henry instead. And, and that's her first priority. And then, you know, the seventh priority is the pulsating ground because she doesn't want to scare the people and blah, blah, blah. And then we were joking that it was probably going to turn into, oh, she made the wrong decision and shit's going to hit the fan. Well, you don't even need to show us that pulsating ground. You yeah. can literally just have Henry say to Joel, man, they put the freaking clickers infected underground and then just have it be a part with the cool visual where the ground implodes and they come running up. It's it. I don't see why it didn't have any kind of narrative effect on Kathleen. So why show it in that way? Yeah. Except for the fact that she well, just got killed right there. But well, I mean, it, it did have a narrative effect. She, that, yeah. She's kind of skipping these bigger deals for yes. like this personal vendetta thing. But I agree that they could have maybe done it in a different way. Like when she even says to Perry earlier on, it's obviously in a flashback of, you know, is he's your seventh priority question mark, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of they could have had a conversation about like they how they know that there's infected underground and things like that. And like that will come up eventually, something like that, without showing us like this specific spot. So like the idea is planted in our head and then it comes yeah. to fruition at the end of the episode. Maybe they thought it was too obvious. I don't know. I was not right. this upset until we started like discussing it at length. <laughs> so like when I just watched the episode, I was like, wow, this looks awesome. So I'm, I'm not oh, yeah. really. Yeah. No, it's not too... that big of a deal. The episode was yeah. amazing. We're just doing our yeah. due diligence as a podcast. That's it. true yep. that. So let's continue on here. Uh, they do make it to the tunnels. You know, Ellie and Joel wield their guns and Henry has a party once they step one step into the tunnel, start screaming. My plan worked. It's so perfect. <laughs> Shut up, dude. Um, yeah. But yeah, what what did you guys think of the tunnels Um, in in the games? I was a little disappointed they didn't encounter any infected down there, because as I recall, they're kind of sporadically were. And I think that just would have been pretty cool. But obviously, for the purposes of the show, the big thing was kind of this classroom aesthetic. Um, and it just kind of shows how different people chose to deal with or survive the outbreak. These ones made a community underground. And I thought it was really cool. This was actually so he said that they cleared them out of the tunnels and it made it seem like Fedra cleared them out of the tunnels. This was like a, this seemed like a school for Fedra kids because they have like the drawing on the wall that's two Fedra agents and it says like our heroes or whatever. So that's what it made it like. They might have initially put them on the ground and then like because Fedra, I guess, was corrupt and they wanted to do things for themselves and they cleared some out so that they could have like schools and things down there, like so that their family would be away from the danger. I'm thinking that the all of the infected that come out from the ground were like the, the school children and teachers and families of Fedra that were living okay. down there in the tunnel. So that's how they were down there. And that would be great because that explains the the child yeah, zombie we, that eats Kathleen as well. So I think that's actually a really good point that you so that's for you the way I'm taking it. It's kind of whatever. That's why this isn't like that idea wasn't really my gripe. We'll get to my gripe, but that's how I took it. But it was still like I mean, this is the first time we feel like we've watched them have fun. Oh, it was yeah. It's a nice, like, kind of oasis and in this the was, middle of all the BS. And this was the moment for me where I was like, one of these, Henry or Sam is totally dead because Ellie and Sam are getting along with the comic books. They're playing soccer. They're having a blast. And Joel and Henry are also connecting on, on a, a small level because this is where Henry kind of lays out everything that he is exactly. He's a collaborator, but it was a little bit more complicated that because... Sam had leukemia and so he 
did everything in his power. He had heard rumors of, I guess, this drug or pill that he could provide Sam that would kind of cure it. But in order to do that, he would need to kill the resistance leader in spoiler alert or rat on brother right yeah yeah, yeah. Or rat Turn on him, him. yeah which but, would lead to him dying yeah and but, the one thing henry says too is that he was the kind of man that you want to follow like unlike kathleen who they've already showed us is very flawed the guy that he turned in was like a very righteous leader someone who and he inspired hope him. and stuff yeah and henry, henry, henry respected him as well you can we see were, we were waiting for them to reveal his name to be James, Jimmy, because Kathleen, like, his name was <laughs> yeah. James and it was James and Kathleen and then you and Kathleen. That would, we were like, we that were so been awesome. ready for it and it obviously didn't happen. But Chances Damn. of that would have been so small. They missed that. But it, <laughs> that would have been amazing. But this was just, it was, it was hard to hear. It was hard to listen to because Henry clearly, clearly had to pick between his brother and a good friend of his and he, he chose his brother, which... I would never be able to make that decision in a million years, nor do I hope that I ever have to make a decision like that. Yeah, but... we'll talk about that a little later when Kathleen and Henry have their discussion exactly yeah, about this. But, yeah. um, but this sad backstory was for me the moment where I knew one of their fate was going to be sealed. It was honestly a little bit of an immersion break for me just because like, so it's 2003 when the outbreak happens. And so throughout the outbreak happening and however many people we've lost between then and now, we've somehow created this miracle cancer drug, Care essentially, for, yeah. that yeah. like yeah. cures Sam of leukemia, <laughs> which like belted me up like, how the fuck did we? I mean, I guess maybe it was an offspring of trying to create a vaccine I, or a cure to actually being infected. But that just like was something I was thinking about of like, how the fuck did they discover that while the whole world went to shit 20 years I, ago? I took it as it was leftover medicinal supplies from before the outbreak. That's why it was such a hot commodity. Um, okay, fair unless enough. I explicitly said that, which would be fucking crazy. No, yeah, I just because I, I guess I wasn't when I was. But what, either way, just being I, I was seven years old. I guess him. I wasn't hip mm -hmm. at seven to what kind of the leukemia drugs were at the time. Right, right. I, right, I didn't even right. know we had that back then. Well, before we move on, um, I do want to bring up a couple of things. The first thing would be the the picture that was drawn the cartoon and you guys are bringing up the federal agents. So they're actually not federal agents, but you're not going to get this at all from the TV show. Now this is if you only played the game and this is actually only if you played the game and did the Easter eggs to find like the notes throughout the game. You learn this through notes. Yep. I'm not going to give the full deal, but they take the exact picture from the game and you see that it says our protectors and one's named ish and one's named Danny or Dan. I think it said, and basically, the deal is that Ish was a, someone that could protect the people. They go underground. Him and Danny are the protectors. They decide that they're going to be the ones to protect the kids and the families. And um, I don't, I don't want to go any further. But basically, yep. they're the protectors. And then what happens is one day, one random time, someone leaves the door open, a clicker gets in, and it freaking infects everyone, and the whole thing blows up. So it's actually two guys. They're not Fedra agents. And they actually, I believe, Ish. And this is, again, I, I haven't played the game in a long time. I believe Ish and his romantic interest escape. But the romantic interest, interest her name was Susan. Her kids were there. They, they got infected. They got out with some kids so that those are like their adoptive children. Uh, the, the two protectors got split up. They assume one of them died. And, you know, it's just this, this. The note is being written and Joel is picking up the notes throughout the game. 
in Pittsburgh. Because this okay. is this the game is in Pittsburgh, not Kansas City. So they just changed a couple other things. But also, I thought it was another surreal thing where you're going down into the tunnels and they have this whole setup because it's in the game as well. They 100%. changed a couple things, but it's just amazing to see because you walk through it. You're you're picking up the notes. That's how you, you start to find out the story. It's just another one of those things where it's like a one giant Easter egg. That was amazing. The Savage Starlight comics that they were reading, yes. I assume those were in the game as well. They are also collectibles in the game in yep. Pittsburgh. Yep. So that kind of does it for the tunnel scene. Go this ahead. is where we get the name of the title, though. Uh, the name of the title of the episode yes. is Endurance Survive. Yeah. Go- Ellie and Sam are having a moment over the comic books and where they're kind of quoting some of the lines from the comic book. And the big one is Endure and Survive. I love how later Joel's just like a little redundant, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, They both make fun of it. And I also want to bring up the fact that you see Joel look over at Ellie and Sam and you could see like, again, we're getting the the trajectory and the transition into the fondness that he has for. And you see him looking over at the both of them having fun and laughing. And then he turns to to Henry and he says, listen, man, you know, I shouldn't have said that. You know, if you're trying to protect your brother, I understand. It's like another layer. And then the fact that Henry comes back at him and he's like, that might not be your daughter, but I know you're a dad. Mm-hmm. That's just more yep. some good shit, you know, yeah. for, for for Joel's character. I was also happy that Sam was Henry's brother and not his son, because a I guess it it makes I mean, you could argue, I guess it's an angle that makes it a little like less emotional for you because it's like okay a brother not a son what what happens at the end even though obviously killing your brother would also be difficult but also because we've as we've talked about having children in this world is wildly irresponsible obviously sam was born after the outbreak so i was glad that my boy henry uh wasn't out here doing that (laughs) reckless yeah making that (laughs) reckless of a decision while having fucking parents were yeah of course they were. (laughs) (laughs) all right so are we good with the classroom scene because yeah. that will take us to Kathleen's little villain monologue with Perry. And I got to be honest, guys, I just tuned out. I really couldn't care less about the. She has such a one track mind. It's like revenge on Henry at all costs. I don't care about anything else. Gargle, rinse, repeat. I feel like it's a very one dimensional character. Melanie Linsky, you did a great job. I just think this character was put into this show to just be filler. Yeah, I really liked the line or what Perry says to her in that, like, we all looked up to Michael, correct? Right? James. Michael. James. James. Yeah. James. James, Michael, James. <laughs> yeah, we all looked up to James, Michael, James. But like James Michael, isn't that a guy? He didn't really change. George anything. Michael. George Michael. Yeah. He's a singer. There you go. <laughs> like, he was a nice guy. Everyone loved him, but he didn't change shit. You know, you yeah. did that. You are the reason why everything has changed. So, like, we will follow you. So that kind of hints at. Like when we were talking the last episode of like, ah, she's a little incompetent. Like maybe she's not the best leader. Like, I mean, she got the shit done. Like the reason why there's no Fedra is because right. of her. Well, no, not for better or for worse. The aftermath obviously is she's yeah. maybe not doing the best job in dealing with the fallout. I mean, there's a difference between, I mean, wartime leaders versus peacetime leaders. She seems to be a fairly capable, maybe wartime leader of like actually overthrowing Fedra. But now when it's time to, Quote See, unquote, I get at this level, you'd want to, you know, recreate society a little bit. You'd want to get people on houses, get your food. And together, that's when but they're still that, focusing on Henry when it's like, come on at this. Point. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Brian. She's super surface level. Melanie Linsky did great with yeah. what she was given. Um, she's just like the a uh, little bit of a higher tier of an NPC boss in the game. And she really 
doesn't have much to do. But Kyle, to your point, um, I really did like that. We needed to get some kind of explanation as to why Perry, who seems like he's got the head on his shoulders, like he should have been the leader, why he decided to follow Kathleen. And I think the argument probably could be made. And I think you were kind of getting there, Kyle, that like, the wartime general that she is, it was like, it was almost an accident that she did what she did because her brother dies. She freaks out and she says, revolution, baby, let's go. And, you know, shit hits the fan. There's only one person left to be the leader. It's her because she's, you know, her brother's dead. She just wants revenge, 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 revenge. Well, now guess what? All the revenge has been taken. Fedra's gone. Good job. You know, I guess you did what you got to do. And now you're just sticking it to one guy. And this is when, you're starting to have a problem. Yeah. So like it was an accident that she overturned Fedra and did the right thing, quote unquote, for the people when really it was just, I'm killing these Fedra bastards because they yeah. killed my brother. Oh yeah. And guess what? I guess it does better for all of us that it, they're overturned. And I mean, they all have a reason to dislike Henry. I mean, Henry gave up their guy. They all obviously yeah. knew Kathleen's brother, James, Michael James and loved him and all, <laughs> all this stuff. But I feel like there has to be, they didn't give it to us, but some of those motherfuckers in the hunters group have to be like, okay, I kind of want like a house. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not three squares, but two square meals a day, you know, like let's, let's get back to being people here. Like we don't need to continue being, you know, these kind of psychopaths on a rampage. Yeah. You get to the point where no matter what you're saying, there's still people that have those garbage trucks with the, and the snow plows with the spikes yeah. coming out that says run across the side i mean you know that there's something crazy going on they're not yeah. just like i don't know you know it was definitely an act of rage that yeah. she took over there had and to then, just like be some people that were like does anyone really give a fuck about henry anymore yeah like, it's, <laughs> it's like i mean if you and if you actually know henry like it, it, they should know henry if he's part of their civ civilization or their, whatever their town they should know that he's nothing like he doesn't know how to fight he yeah. probably just wants to take care of his brother and get out. Yeah, you want to maybe you want to get some revenge. But if you got rid of Fedra and you only have Henry left to deal with, let him go hide and, and yeah. probably die by an infected I mean, anyway. And yeah. you guys live your life. I mean, Perry says literally that he's like, you know, your brother would never have wanted you to go this far. Mm -hmm. But she pretty much just counters that by saying, I'm not my brother. Yeah, this is just like, brother. yeah, this is how I want to do things, which. Yeah, just unfortunately, Melanie Linsky got this character. I think she still crushed it as a as its role as it was presented to her. I have such a huge crush on her from this now and Yellow Jackets. <laughs> like I'm just I just gush over her nowadays. Sure. You like powerful I, women? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, she crushes <laughs> it in Yellow Jackets, and she absolutely is a woman in power here in Last of Us, and I just love her. Who sounds it's like funny. a PTO mom? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Dude, it, really it adds such a it's... great angle to the character. It, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's not, I, again, I don't know if it's creepy or eerie. I'm not really sure the right word for it, but All it's the unsettling above. the way that yeah. she yeah. delivers the things that she's saying. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how different people will see her from different things. Like I talked to my dad on the phone. I'm like, yo, did you watch Last of Us? You watch episode four. Do you see your girl from Yellowjack? Because he's like, yo, that's my girl from Two and a Half Men. That's Rose. Yeah. <laughs> I, was right. like, yeah. Oh. yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Let's go. She's getting work. Good. She deserves it. Sup, everyone. Brian here, host of the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? 
What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia! Alright, so anything else on... No. Kathleen, I was about to say Melanie, but Kathleen, no, we're good. So that will bring us kind of the end game of this episode where they emerge from the tunnels and are now in suburban Kansas City, kind of the outskirts. Um, yay, hip hip hooray. They're like skipping along the streets and then sniper Joel's shot like, rains out. Bro. Joel is like, relax, bro. Oh, so many things. That was be- yeah, I, was, Henry. I was just going to say V-Toms <laughs> was like that. I was just like, shut up, bro. Yell when you yeah. get across the bridge. And then when you get across the bridge, also don't yell because they're still yeah, fucking right? infected. Just yeah. don't yell. Yeah. You should never be yelling. Mm. If you want to do a little know. quiet dance, you do a little quiet dance, but you don't yeah, need to be yelling. Yeah, brush it off your shoulders. Whatever. I guess, yeah. and he, he hasn't talked out loud in like 10 days, I guess. So he's kind of getting yeah. his fix because yeah. he's only been speaking to Sam. He hasn't seen Dr. Edelstein. Well, so good. He's, he's had plenty of practice. <laughs> yeah. This fucking guy. Yeah. I'm getting heated talking yeah. about him. When this I went is... into this recording, I liked Henry. Now? <laughs> now? Yeah. You're just gassing your, you're, you're, you're causing <laughs> yeah, yeah, your yeah. own fuel. You're getting fire. yourself worked up. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so let's talk about this sniper standoff. Again, this is, this wasn't such a one for one from the video game. I believe when you're going through this this uh part of the game it's like in the afternoon so it's it, the sun is shining if i recall i don't know but it you guys were saying it as we were watching oh my gosh this is just absolute video game material oh, right yeah. now just like creeping through the cars and stuff but yes they find cover joel has a nice moment with ellie where she's like no don't leave us he's like do you trust me you're gonna be fine you're in yeah. charge because henry and sam are definitely not in charge um yeah. Henry Sneak. tries to run and he's like, Joel's like, what are you doing again? He started to run. He started to run. And I was like, this is the moment. This is the moment that Henry's yeah. just going to kick the bucket and Sam's going to be left alone. And I'm going to just hate myself. But it wasn't. Thankfully, I guess I would have <laughs> been. I, I probably would have been more thankful if he got shot right there than with the yeah. ending that he got at the end of the episode. Probably. When he ran and didn't get shot. And then Joel keeps peeking and doesn't get shot. And I was like, this guy sucks. And then even yeah. Joel is like, this guy's not going to hit shit. Like, as yep. long as you stay here, like, you'll be fine. And then that- we obviously get the reveal that it's just some old guy who's not even wearing glasses. So he's it's at night. Right. There's no way this guy can see that well. I'm glad that they were able to explain that because as we were watching, I was like, this guy is literally he's getting some open shots and he's not hitting them. But once we get the reveal of who it is, it makes he's sense that he in the vicinity be able to like he's getting close. He can see, I guess, like a blob moving in space. And yeah. I guess not to say ages, but like there's no way this was the right guy for the job. Like, <laughs> he was a uh, he was a stormtrooper in training. They never hit. The yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it was why that they post. I mean, and again, I, it could just be that's the way it went. But it's just funny to think about like. Kathleen picking him like because we've said she's made some questionable decisions of sending that guy out there to be the sniper at Who night knows, maybe, seems well, that could have been his like house that, like, that, that could have been his house and he could have just yeah. conveniently been there and Kathleen could have rung him up and been like yo you're already here hold him down for as long as you can but that's a guess we don't know so this happens pretty quick Joel sneaks around and has the confrontation with this old guy and Luke as we were watching this 
because Joel isn't going to just execute him. He gives him a second, like, put the gun down, just stay here for the next hour and you're good to go. And then he looks at his eyes and he's like, please don't do it, dude. And the guy swings and, and Luke just says out loud, wow. The fact that they included Joel, like having that moment of like, just don't do it, dude. I've killed so many people. It's it's something this show just does so very well. Just those small little lines. His tone there was so heartbreaking because he is he is so sick of all this killing. He doesn't he just wants to live in Wyoming with Tommy and just have nothing to do with anything else. And you could really hear it. And it did break my heart to hear him say that. And then especially when the guy just doubles down on the gun turns and then joel has to do it it's like god even though ellie's kind of trying to bring joel back to his old self slowly it just feels like all these interactions are just not helping that cause you know joel's still just a broken man and he's just sick of everything that's going on i love the like the unstated confidence in him being like please don't do it because like it's a foregone conclusion in joel's mind that like he's obviously going to get the better of him and kill him so it's like just don't make me do this Mm-hmm. yep and that's just the duality of joel you know he is capable of being ruthless but he doesn't want to be yeah um, right and that's our character so he is forced to execute the old man and then through the walkie he starts hearing kathleen saying hey old guy just keep him down a little longer we're <laughs> almost there at which point joel just immediately starts screaming run 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 yeah. and this might have been the worst part of the episode they see these trucks coming from like a half mile away. They could have just dipped off the street. Yeah. Anywhere but the street. But they go right to the middle of the street, run along the street. And like, it just didn't work for me. But video like, game logic, video game, yeah, logic. video game logic, it's the whatever. big truck chasing you down. You just got to run in the street. You can't go off the side. It's out of bounds. What I do love is this forces Joel to be the angel sniper from above and just Joel taking care of business for the next like 15 minutes is great, but he nails the shot on the driver, causes them to crash into the building. Luke was like, Luke was great watching this episode. He was on the edge of his seat like, oh, I'm so glad he hit that shot, man. That he was, was awesome. It. Joel, this is. I won't give oh. Luke that much props. But it was, <laughs> he, was missing it. he was missing some of the shots, though. He got that. And then when it was like all hell broke loose, Joel was fucking, oh, yeah. Bring him up. Knock him he was down. the savior. I we had unlimited ammo, but. Save we were laughing show. at Ellie, like popping shots behind yeah. her that just absolutely were never going to hit him. But she, she was shooting way too him, low, yeah. dude. She yeah. was shooting him way too low. <laughs> when you think about like looking back on it, how Joel, for the truck driver, at least he did miss the first like three or four shots. But now that we're kind of talking it out, I'm, I think he was just it was him getting adjusted to the rifle and just how it oh, actually yeah, shot. Yeah. Because once he did land that shot on the truck driver, he was just immaculate the rest the of the way. In. Yeah, he he, he got he a only missed that again it when it was the little kid clicker. I think otherwise yeah. he just started nailing everybody. Mm-hmm. He's about that life. He's a beast. Mm-hmm. All right. So to kind of just progress with the events, uh, Kathleen and her troops kind of surround the area. Henry, Sam and Ellie are just hunkered down behind a car. And Kathleen's like, I know you can hear me. You're in the area. Just like turn yourself in and make it easier for yourself. And Henry kind of does. And it's just like, at least let the kids go. And Kathleen's like, sorry, bro. They're going to have to die, too. That's the way the (laughs) world goes. But this is kind of where Kathleen lays it down, finally gets this face to face where she's just like, listen, man, maybe Sam was supposed to die. Like kids die all the fucking time. This is what happens when you fuck with fate. And I am very inclined to agree with her. If you're in like a zombie apocalypse, six-year-old deaf kid gets leukemia, maybe you're just like, 
yeah, <laughs> this kid's gonna die. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, they, I get moral, it. I, I would do anything dilemma. for my family as well. But like, you can understand Kathleen's frustration for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, the yeah. kids. It's not moral, but you can you can understand where yeah, she's coming from. Yeah, you yeah. can see it as like a, that's this is a take that she would have. I think she delivers the lines perfectly here. It's like why sacrifice a leader of a resistance who is clearly well loved for again a yep. child who's six years old with leukemia and death. It's you can't make those decisions. I mean, if Alice in Borderland taught me that is like you just can't weigh one life against another. It's it's impossible to do. Everyone has their own you know standards and morals, but. If anything, you know, this first episode, like episode four and all of the beginning of five, you know, we're kind of shitting on her. Like, uh, she's just so she's just a one dynamic character. She doesn't really have much going for her. But this scene really, if anything, pushed her over the edge to make me have sympathy for her and be like, OK, I kind of see where she's coming from now. This was her most well-written scene, I would say. Yeah, and uh, this entire scene when Henry like gives himself up and she's like preparing her gun, I was just waiting for Joel to take her the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't get the chance. I, I think he would have if push came to shove and she like actually pointed the gun, but doesn't get the chance. We see the truck get swallowed up in the ground. And this is where shit hits the fan, guys. Yeah, it was the, the infected a... just pouring out of that hole looked incredible. It was beautifully shot. And then all I'm thinking is these are the World War Z zombies. They're climbing awesome. that wall. They're just they're stacking bodies on top of each other. They're yeah, getting yeah, to yeah. where they need to go. Oh, it was so well done. And when they came out of that hole, just sprinting full speed, I was shitting myself. I was like, I don't even know how. How anyone gets did. out of this. Yeah. How anyone gets out of this. Yeah. They had those so like, lucky. buggies. I would have been out. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. This is brutal. I don't fuck. I would have been gone. It was a great shot, though. The camera's like on the ground and you just see it perfectly with the hole and they just yeah. sprint out. Oh, man. And then we get the bloater, too. We got introduced to the bloater, which they don't name drop it in the episode, but it's after the episode when they're talking right, about right. the creation of it. They tell us it's a bloater. But that thing. I had a feeling that the older ones were going to be a little bigger, stronger, and that was the case here. We don't know. I, I guess my only question, though, with the bloater is they don't click, though. It seems like the clickers are their own thing. Where no, the bloaters yeah, bloaters don't... are different. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't that... even think there was any. It seemed like it was, what are they, runners? There's so... runners and there was clickers, but they never dropped this, and it was annoying me for five episodes, especially talking to you guys, because... There's definitely a distinction between a runner and a clicker, but we were just saying clickers because that's all they've ever really said Yeah, on the show, except infected. I kept trying to say infected, but really, if you're not a clicker, you're a runner, and then there's a stalker in the game, which is like the next level. But So stalker is between a runner and clicker, and as I understand it, clickers are not supposed to be fast. Like they're very, very strong, but they just kind of like because they can't see. They just kind of mosey around. I believe all of these ones were technically stalkers because per the wiki, stalkers have all of the physical strength of a clicker, but they are still capable of running like full speed like a runner. Mm. I guess um, the clickers, too, would maybe have more uh, mushrooms like restricting their body like they're more grown out and covered in this this stuff that prevents yeah. movement whereas the the stalkers and runners are more freshly converted infected who have more maybe motion in their bodies is what i'm thinking but in terms of the bloater though the fact that perry was able to put a whole clip of an ar machine gun into yeah. that got me thinking if joel and ellie ever come across one of these things like one-on-one -on -one later it's like 
what the fuck are you going to do? Like, it seems like you would need multiple grenades, which we could have used some from Tess back yeah, when right. she died. Yeah. But that seems like the only well, way, like an RPG. I have no idea. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed with Perry's lack of self-preservation in this <laughs> instance. Like he, he looked, I thought we up. were going to see a nice like two minute combat thing where he at least tried to move out of the way. He just like let it point. happen. Yeah, I, I guess that was the I point. Guess. I had, a, I had I, I mean, that bloater came out of the hole looking for work. Maybe it was. Yeah, around. yeah. All right, you let me get your head out of here. Yeah, okay. he was like, like, I he pretty much yeah, called, like it looked like he had a logical thought that was like, oh, that motherfucker with the beard's mine. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had asked Kyle immediately after. I was like, would you sacrifice looking like Perry? Because that's Kyle's dream look, as we all know from the last episode. That he, would you want to sacrifice looking like that and get Perry's death, or would you just say fuck the old man look that you're looking for and just not have that brutal? <laughs> if it was like having to live his life and then it would have got to that point and he the bloater would have walked to me and i just would have popped real quick yeah. myself <laughs> yeah instead yeah, of having your head not watching your head and spine ripped apart from your body looked horribly uncomfortable <laughs> he's the knight in shining armor he had to save kathleen yeah. he looked and great that's exactly it. what we knew he was yeah it looked great doing it that's exactly what we knew his character was <laughs> kyle i feel like you would do that for me right yeah for sure <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. jimmy wouldn't reciprocate it back though no, no, Jimmy. No, well, no. Jimmy would lie to us if he got a pit. Yeah, we'd still hang around. Exactly. So. Yeah. We, can't, we can't trust James. Jimmy yeah. would take a bite, turn around, look at Kyle, and be like, "All right, I'm biting you now." <laughs> James Michael James, dude, I would yeah. freaking bite the shit out of you. No, bro. don't compare yourself to James Michael James. You're not even the same brand <laughs> yeah. as James Michael James. You're just James. James. I'm James Patrick James. You have you haven't gotten your second name yet. <laughs> well, James, were you satisfied with how the bloater looked in the TV show? I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I liked yeah. him. He there's a difference in what they chose to do, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, he just looks like a super clicker. He's he, he's he's a big old broad, just like you would expect from a bloater. But um, yeah, I mean, he is op that's what they're supposed yeah. to be in the game i mean we we joked about clickers being op while bloaters are worse so i think they did pretty damn good at showing the bloater and showing how pretty much invincible they are and if our boy perry couldn't take it out then i don't think anyone he was just unloading on that thing and that thing just ripped his head off you would need a huge explosion. That's the only thing I can think of on how you would destroy like a the bloater. truck actually blowing up. Maybe. Yeah. Like that yeah. would do some damage. Definitely. Yeah. There's I, mean, I would I love if remember. he had like, I mean, it's too goofy, but like if floaters had like UFC or like WWE movesets where it was always <laughs> just like, like suplexes and like choke slams <laughs> and shit, that would be really funny. You can only but become obviously. a bloater if you were a UFC fighter before the outbreak. <laughs> like that's, yeah, right. that's, that's why out, they're so like, uncommon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm um, curious of how, how you get to that point. So there is a big difference. And Tyler, friend of the pod, brought this up to me separately when he was texting me after listening to our episodes. Me and Brian specifically didn't bring this up because they haven't really said it at all in any of the episodes. But Tyler did bring up the fact that they said it. They said it in the after episode for episode maybe like two or three. And the big thing that's different in The Last of Us TV show versus the game is that in the game they have spores. And it's it's for a second when I saw the trailer, I thought they were still going to go for it because we see Bill wearing the gas mask. But there's situations in the game where if you go underground, you have to wear a gas mask because if you breathe in the spores, it'll infect you. 
they provided an instance of in the game where you would have the gas mask and that would have been that episode one i said the dude became one with the wall that would have been in the games you would have been masking up yeah yes so they literally go like masks on when they see something coming up that could be where spores are and the bloaters literally are so op that they are like exploding pieces of them and their spores uh, coming yeah, out. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Yeah, and I can't even remember. WWE movesets, and they're just a walking nuke, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's mm-hmm. what they're bloating from. Like, the spores are, like, puffing them up and shit. Yeah. And I can't remember how you kill them in the game. I, I think it's more like a hit this button, hit that button after you do some damage. And really, it's like when you see one, it's like, oh, sh- oh Jesus. Okay. It seems like yeah. maybe it seems like maybe the backside would be a weakness because we've seen with the clickers, too, that, that there is some reserve of the human parts, at least in the backside. Like, we could see the back that of ass? some of the humans. Yeah, some ass, too. But <laughs> maybe the backside. Bloated ass. Yeah. They have bee holes. They have access back there. Yeah, I think that's where the spores come from. How are they secreting? Yeah. <laughs> the questions that we need answered. Yeah, true. I, I guess speaking of that, uh, slightly similar. I went. Um. So obviously the chaos is going on. This is after Perry has been. Uh, his head has been separated from his body, and Henry and Sam are underneath the car, and Ellie goes yeah. and saves them. And I like Joel's expression. He's like, "Fuck!" Like he knew she was gonna yeah. go save him, and not yeah. just you know preserve herself, but. She was just stabbing them in the neck, and I thought that was odd. Yeah, that, like yeah, she didn't go for the brain. headshot stuff, and it just felt like an easy thing to just have her do. But it felt like very obvious that she didn't do the heads, which is not that's not my gripe, but I just something that I thought about as I watched the scene. So Jimmy, that looked like a nailed on one for one when you're shiving. It does in look effect. like what like, they do, and the, yeah, if yeah. you successfully stealth a clicker from behind, there's like an animation that. You just okay. go through where you shift them in the neck. I, I think done. that the the brain thing is more like Walking Dead rules. I don't know if they ever established that specifically. Like when she kills the one infected that's that's stuck under the rubble, she does stab it right in the brain. Yeah, and we do assume that you would headshot when you're shooting an infected, whether it's a clicker, or runner, or whatever. So I feel like that's just like an established overall thing in all yeah. zombie apocalypse that you should brain them. But I guess, yeah, in the I'll game, when... Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> hey, we're going to brain the zombies. Okay? <laughs> we're going to brain them, brain them up. So, yeah, I mean, in the game, if you go up behind the clicker, especially the clicker or or a runner infected, whatever, you do shiv them in the neck. So, yeah, I mean, I guess they're staying true to the game. But it, I actually thought that too, Kyle. When I was seeing it, I was like, why wouldn't you just do it to the head? Like, why? Yeah. You know, but I, I know exactly what you're out. saying. Yeah. I mean, good looks for our girl Ellie, though. She is definitely coming into her own. She's kind of adding to her body count at this point in time. I want to rewind because I forgot to say this, and it's just hilarious to me. When we go back to the tunnels, when Joel says, get your gun out, Ellie's yeah. like, Hell. oh yeah, she smiles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She like yeah, looks was, at she, she looks at lit. Sam and she's like, yeah, I got a gun, bro. <laughs> like she's like, <laughs> that cracks was me up. But I mean, and then she just so wastes Kyle, all of the bullets. So it's yeah, like, yeah. unloading the clip on the on <laughs> the mean, freaking enough, snowplow. But, yeah. But I mean, all right, we're here. Kyle, Dave, did you assume one of them got bitten during yes. the scene? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, you I have to. I think I audibly said it so everyone in the room could hear. But I was like, yeah. there's no way one of them didn't get bitten. This is it's not the exact same treatment as Tess. Sam wasn't as willing to hide it, but yep. It was I, I I knew they were so close. They were literally grabbing at legs. There was no way one of them didn't get bit. And 
Yeah. I, I thought for a second though, because they do run away, like they do seem to walk, like they get up pretty quickly and they're mm-hmm. they're running. Like it doesn't look like any of them are injured. So there was like a brief period in time where I was like, okay, you know, I think they got out safe. Because there is there is a decent amount of airtime between that moment and when we get revealed that Sam did get bit. So there was a point where I was like, okay, maybe they did get away safe. Sam ain't mm-hmm. got enough power in them little legs to get yeah. off. You know, because yeah. they were grabbing and getting after them. And it's like, he's only eight. He can't generate enough, like, <clears throat> to, like, get them actually yeah, off of him. So him he's away. just, like, a sick. Because I remember thinking, like, why, like they, they clearly went under the car. And it was like, why the fuck would you go under the car? Like, I guess yeah. in the moment, obviously, it's easy for me to sit on the couch on a Friday night, smoke a little sun, <laughs> drag a little sun, and being like, what idiots? Why would you go underneath the car? But, like, it felt like, yo, come on. Yeah, you're just cornering yourself there. Yeah. I mean, Ellie jets into the car, which seemed like a nice little extra level, but obviously she gets chased out of there by a little, a little guy, which I thought when we were watching, I was like, she could totally take that thing. (laughs) But it's a clicker. It was supposed to be a clicker. They say that in the after, in the after show. And she would have caught it in the throat and just slammed it into the ground. Those clickers, dude. (laughs) But I I mean, they, they had a, oh man, there's there's that, there's that infected throat going, but they had, um, a gymnast be yeah. the, the actress and i mean she's freaking it was all awesome. contortionist it was oh, yeah. really really cool it was good and staying along with our young girl clicker kind of henry sam ellie get away they kind of make it to the outskirts of the town joel rendezvous with them they're like all right we're all here let's head to the bridge not so fast Kathleen confronts them, holds Henry at gunpoint. I'm just like groaning to myself, like, seriously, this is still your priority. Yeah. Does the zombie apocalypse look like my priority number yeah. seven to <laughs> yeah, you? Right. Okay, Kathleen, have your moment. Our little girl clicker just takes her out. Joel's like, all right, cool. Let's get out of here. Yeah. They skedaddle across the bridge, and that brings us to the apartment scene. That is my gripe is Kathleen's death was just it's stupid. And I guess it's supposed to be stupid in a way because she has been stupid. But like, (laughs) I think there's a way to like where it's like, you know, when you get like a sudden death in a show and it's like, holy fuck, like what it like it just starts to happen suddenly. Obviously, Red Wedding is like the ultimate example of like a surprise, just like very like blunt, like, okay, the death happened. Hers felt like silly versus yeah. like anything it was very anticlimactic for the buildup that we got yeah. of her it's for her to you know be right there at her what her goal is and then to just turn it around just and have a goofy. clicker and i get yeah. i mean it could be the point it, it goes along with the fact that she was way too one-track minded she could have probably easily escaped she said she'd hit a ub to go get revenge and it was just like the way it happened was kind of like eh, what a fucking shit end of that character yeah, no. also at that point, you've already said all you need to say once you shoot on site. You know, don't like stop yeah, and be yeah. like, ha ha ha, now I get to continue my monologue. It's like, yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah. poorly written death for a poorly written character, in my for opinion. Me. Yeah, it wasn't for me. Maybe if she like, I don't know, if her, I feel like maybe if her and Perry had like a better ending, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm not the one in the room. Well, let's get into this horrible fucking scene. I hate this. So in the video games, Sam and Ellie don't have this night before conversation. They don't do the blood thing, but I'm glad they included her rubbing the blood on the wound for this because I think the audience who hasn't played the video game is just like, 
let's try some stuff. Try like, it. People yeah, were dude. saying, why wouldn't Tess be like gargling her blood? That was me. Yeah. yeah, that was me. I was um, literally saying, I, you know, if I'm bit, just Ellie, let me get a let me get a cup of blood, girl, and let me just yeah. see where that goes. And and this is what I guess is also part of why the scene was so hard to watch overall is because they give the audience a slight hope, a sliver of hope that Sam will make it out of this by Ellie realizing that maybe if she rubs her blood onto the infected spot, that maybe there's a chance of saving Sam. And so one with the first reveal of him getting bit, I was like, fuck, like we were so close to getting everyone out of here without any wounds or scrapes or bites or anything like that. And then we get the, the buildup of, okay, Sam might live because Ellie's doing this, this gracious moment yeah, of cutting sir. herself and rubbing. And I'm like, work. there's a slight chance in my head. I was like, Oh, come on. He's going to make it. And then the morning comes and he's doing the fucking grandma from episode one, sitting <laughs> on the bed yeah. just motionless. And I'm like, fuck, it didn't work. I was really hoping. So when he, she goes up to him and he does the raw like scares her kind of thing. I was really hoping like, ah, Sam, good joke. You know, it's a little dark, <laughs> but, you know, good joke, but he keeps attacking her. And then I'm like, fuck, he actually turns. So, so what if he was joking and she just stabbed him in the head? Yeah. And, yeah, oh and he God. just, <laughs> well, then Henry's outcome is the exact same. Maybe he takes out Ellie, but I think he either... killed him. Yeah. But he so... takes out Ellie. Imagine that. <laughs> and before we, kind of even get to the Ellie and Sam conversation the night before huge piece of information is Joel opens up and invites Sam and Henry to join them to Wyoming, which yeah. is huge for Joel. You know, he's finally right, letting right, more right. people in. So that was just another glimmer of hope that they give us to distract us from the fact that it's all going to go horribly wrong. In a few I think seconds. Th I think, though, that quote when like Henry agrees to it made me kind of realize, OK, there's yeah, no, there's no like way. the game is Joel and Ellie. It's not Joel, Ellie, <laughs> Sam and Henry, you know, like yeah. he that's, says, yes. that's the tough part sometimes with like these established IPs where it's like you have a somewhat of a general idea of the story where if this was like a completely original story, I would have been all in like, yeah, maybe like we got more crew, like we're building the crew here. We're getting yeah, the crew yeah. together, but it was kind of always destined like to, if he had uh, stand horribly. Yeah, like if Henry had said maybe no, I appreciate you offering, maybe okay, then I'm buying into the fact that okay, Sam and Henry make it out. But he says that I'm like something has to go wrong here. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Oh, it's something that we didn't uh mention that plays in directly into this is when they're walking through suburbia and Ellie is like, Yeah, like we're going to Wyoming. Like you guys should come. And Joel like yeah. looks at her, doesn't say anything, and she's like, mm. What? It's a big state, it can fit two more people. <laughs> that yeah. was that was yeah. hilarious. That was a great line. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she's like, that's that just how he is. He says no, he says no, he says no. And then I just keep bugging him and then we get a yes anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, she was totally right. Oh. She got the yes anyway. Yeah. Ellie's great. Yep. Um, and I guess one thing I want to point from Sam and Ellie's conversation the night before Sam turns is Sam asks a question when you turn into a monster, is it still you inside? And I'm not sure they've explored that concept yet, but. What are your guys' opinions of that? I, I kind of mentioned it in the gas station scene where Ellie has her first kill. Like, was there empathy there that she is like trying to put this humanoid thing out of its mis misery? Or once you turn, are you just full zombie and there is no more human left? What are kind of your guys' opinions? I think Kyle said it best during the podcast where he's like, that is a very, you know, mature or, you know, above his level of thinking question for someone his age um yeah i mean it is a good question to ask because it leads into him revealing the bite and everything and you know provides that layer of tension but 
it is something to wonder because like you said, B Toms, we had talked about it with Ellie putting the one out of its quote unquote misery. We don't know if, you know, they have that mindset still, but if they do, um, that makes me think, you know, if I'm a bloater, then I must be fucking loving life. I've been around the block for 20 years. I'm oh, the, the <laughs> strongest. I'd be people. fucking people's elbowing people. I'd be fucking getting <laughs> yeah. after it. Dude. I'd be fucking spinning people above my head. But and it is a great breaking them on my knee. It is really a great question, though, because then it kind of begs into question of a cure. You know, if all these people are running around as clickers or, you know, stalkers, whatever they are. Is there a hope to bring them back? And I don't think we've delved into the science behind the clickers and everything enough yet to know whether there is a shred of humanity left in them um but i think it was a mature question to ask and it it added definitely more intensity to the situation and more heartbreak for what actually happens in the next day yep i feel like it's got to be like a time thing in the sense that we've seen the like, um the uh what the the graphic poster in episode yeah, two it was yeah. where it's like foot is 12 to 24 hours hip general neck is like area. six yes yeah, and then like seven. head is is like minutes or whatever i feel like i, I guess it, i've because i've now i've seen so much cordyceps content just like in my like i guess like for you page even like like the real life like nature documentaries of how it infects insects in real life and whether it's like a brain thing or it's muscles and I guess if it's muscles in the beginning, then like your brain thought is still somewhat intact. And I guess after time, you kind of lose your sense of self. But it had only been, I guess, what, maybe like six-ish hours for him. So he might have still had some level of of sense of self. And it's kind of his body's just doing it. But I feel like after like a day or two or more that you don't realize who you are anymore. I think that's where I'm at, too. After. Yeah. I think when it comes to The Walking Dead... And this show, especially with the scene with Body Otis, our boy John Hanna from Spartacus, which everybody that reminds all yeah, this break it on the mm-hmm. on the pod that Spartacus is Spartacus <laughs> is coming back. <laughs> they are going to do Hell another yeah, uh, spinoff, which is phenomenal. We did cover that as one of our first shows ever on the podcast. Yeah. It was freaking we- so far, which means we're going to be covering it again on the podcast. <laughs> we're going to have to finish the other two seasons first, yeah, and true. then yeah, our but, girl Athena. If you're out there still listening, we haven't forgotten yeah. about you, the, the redditor, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah one of the OG yeah. fans of the pod. She's still true listening, friend of the pod. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, there is a scene in The Walking Dead that wasn't in the books or the comics. I'm sorry, and I believe they added the body artist thing, John Hanna scene. To show, like, you know, it takes over your brain and you and you no longer have control. I think that it is you lose yourself, you know, and I think it was a great question to ask because it's a mature question. But at the same time, it's it's an immature question. You know, when you're an eight year old, you're sitting there and you know you're going to change. You, you, you're living in this world. You know what's going to happen. You've been bit. And you're saying, like, am I still going to be in there or am I just going to turn into a monster? Dave, like you said, the tension just went from like here to freaking here and you know anyone listening i put sure. that hand above my head yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was off the screen right there we yeah that was off the that. screen but <laughs> but i level. mean and 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 also kyle to your point this is what i want to ask you guys a question oh yeah bring it on it, is this an l for ellie because this hasn't been established we talked about it in episode one but if you're ellie and you find out he's bit in the leg at his ankle 
do you automatically go tell Joel and chop his leg off? This is what I was saying when we were watching. Yeah. I was like, just chop that motherfucker off. Yeah. Just, just or you gotta do, did you, you just send him ass. to his fate because you just decided to go to bed and or I'm not willing to go as far as to say it's an Ellie L and that she like let this happen to him. I feel like it was great that she and they say it in the um in the after the episode of it's her trying to be this hero that she's being told that she can be of like her blood right. is special and, and like that. And I think that was kind of the idea of it, but I would, I agree hundred percent. And again, of me sitting on the couch, maybe yeah, exactly. a little something, and, drank a little something. And I was like, Oh dude, just chop it the fuck off. What are we doing? Yeah, here? Right. And <laughs> this is your, this is your friend. Like you, you obviously bonded with this kid majorly. And he says like, can you keep a secret? And he says, you know, will you stay up with me? So, I mean, she's, sticking with his wishes but if i'm a 14 year old i'd be like yo we gotta get the adults bro we gotta go get the adults you just been bitten in the leg i'm telling joel we they can decide what to do this is not my decision there's a lot to go into here one they don't have a misty from yellow jackets who is just willingly (laughs) take an axe to someone's leg and cut it off one because if you put that pressure even on any of the adults, like who are you going to ask like Henry to cut his leg off? And then he's going to have to hear the, the, the shrill cries of his kids. Oh, it would be Joel doing the, cut. but then, yeah, then, but then you have to Joel listen to that. Joel was doing it. Yeah. Brad Pitt, but so I don't then, even think twice. No, no, one, I could tell no you count. exactly how this would go. Henry would say, it's my brother. I have to do it. And then he wouldn't be able to do it. So Joel would do it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm sorry for cutting you off, Dave, but all, all I was going to say is there's just, it's almost like Ellie saved Joel and Henry for making a crazy decision like that. A painful yeah. decision to cool. decide, all right, we're going to try to keep Sam alive. We're going to chop his freaking leg off. And now he's an eight-year-old who's deaf and is missing part of his leg. Uh, it's it's tough. It's really tough. The one thing that I was thinking, too, in regards to all this is that, sure, Ellie could just immediately tell the adults, like, hey, we got to get we got to do something about this. But Ellie has seen Joel's reaction to people getting bit. Joel literally was willing to kill Ellie on the spot, even after 10 days of her being bit and not showing signs of being infected. Like Joel was still willing to go the lengths to just kill her right there. So I think maybe Ellie was thinking that if she had told the adults, specifically Joel, that Joel would show no mercy and just immediately kill him. And she had developed such a friendship with him that she was willing to try cutting herself sharing the blood to just and stay awake with him to just confirm if that was going to be enough or not. I just think it all goes back to, I don't, I think Ellie just had such a close friendship with Sam that I don't think she was willing to have told Joel that because he would have just right. killed him. Yeah. Tough okay. scene. Yeah. Tough scene. Yeah, it's all tough. Around. I mean, it's, every decision in that would be tough. Yeah. And I will say that I, you had said that she saved Joel and Henry from making that tough choice of, Amputating the leg, but I mean, he does get forced into potentially yeah. tougher choice well, of, of yeah. putting a fucking bullet in his head, yeah. which and is, then I guess, he doesn't really yeah. think that much about. He kind of just it, the shot. I mean, he had also said like he he's never killed anybody. He's never really shot a gun, and it was point blank right there. He headshot yeah. while they're scrambling. I was like, all right, this motherfucker's cold blood. And I mean, when you think about it too, like sure we could cut the leg off, but how are you going to prevent the bleeding? Like, what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, again, that that's, that's, that's... Yeah, with what, yeah, though? They don't all... have fire. Like, I mean, what, what, the thing I immediately <laughs> think of is maybe they just... They, they shoot a gun multiple times, it gets hot, and then they just press that <laughs> gun, like... On the fucking leg, which would be horrible. But like, what else are you they gonna take, do? Can't waste they bullets. Take, yeah, you can't waste. They take bullets. Kyle's boy Perry, take his hot ass face, 
Yeah. yeah. His beard. Just, just cut his beard off. There's your, your, yeah. kin, your Tinder kindling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would smell terrible. Yeah. It would. Oh, Jesus. That yeah, crusty ass beard. But mine. There's plenty be- of fire out on the on the battlefield from earlier. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think this scene, they did a really good job of like showing Sammy tackle her out into the main living room Dude, area. Henry crushed it. Henry crushed yeah, it with his reactions, man. Acting. I felt everything that he was going through with just his facial expressions, the stuttering, just how the look on his face. I was getting, I felt like I was right in the room with them with how good he was yeah. acting in this scene here. So, I mean, you see an infected, your knee-jerk reaction, if you have a gun in your hand, is to just put a bullet in its head. He does. Well, he actually, think, he waits a second. He does, because Joel is about yeah, to kill. Joel's feet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Joel's about to shoot him, but Henry's trying to, I guess, wait it out to see if Sam actually is trying to hurt her or bite her or something, but he does make that a realization that he is infected. So... Yeah, I just thought it was great acting. He does the act and then it's like reality hits in the next five seconds and him just trying to calculate and and justify what he did. And he just can't compute what just happened. And he makes the decision. I have chills right now. I have chills like that was such a hard scene to watch. I think it was if, like, hold your breath. Like, I don't, you could have heard a pin drop while we were watching it. Like, no uh, one was even breathing. It's, it's like, oh, I think if shit. I was watching this scene by myself, I would have legitimately broke down like into tears. Well, like, I think this... that's what Paul was doing because yeah. Paul texted us separately. He <laughs> yeah. was like, I, I don't think I can watch with you guys because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably be crying. I was, was cutting onions. My mouth was just on the floor. I was in shock. I just I didn't expect this. I, I, like I said, I, I thought that Henry wasn't going to make it out of here. I didn't think it was going to go out the way that it did. But to see Sam go out first and then Henry piece together that he had just killed the thing that he was solely living for and all that realization hitting him and then I, I love I mean, it's fucked up, but I love how just quick he was like after 10 seconds of processing everything and realizing it, just how quick he was, not even a hesitation to just pull the trigger in his head. And it just it made it that much more painful for Ellie, who had to watch this whole thing oh, now, yeah. dude. Oh, yeah. And this yeah. goes into what I was saying with Joel, who was losing himself by just killing a random old man. Now he just watched someone who he was willing to go to Wyoming with shoot himself because he had to kill his brother. Joel is just such a fucking train wreck. No amount of it runs in your genes can can pull him out of this. Uh, it's yeah. It's weird because I was just like, oh, poor Ellie, because at this point, it's just another drop in the bucket for Joel. Like this is a regular Tuesday yeah. for him. He sees this shit all the time. But I mean, again, this wasn't as much of a developing the Joel and Ellie relationship episode as like the last one mm. maybe was for them. But trauma bonding i mean yeah, it's trauma two bonding. people just having to deal with witnessing this that's in the after episode they said and again the idea of the the mirror that sam and henry are to joel and ellie of joel like never having or not never having but forcing himself essentially to not have this type of connection with anyone since sarah because he doesn't even have it with Tess. technically i mean he's seems that's like Tess says at the end of episode two like you know i never really i never asked you to to meet me halfway or whatever like he always obviously kept her at some level of of a distance away from him and he's seeing what could potentially happen and this is essentially this is the words of craig our boy saying like he's watching what can happen to him 
when you get to that level of having someone that you care about this much in this world and he looks at ellie after they do the whole burial and he's like fuck like this is i'm starting to feel that way about ellie so it's it's potentially it's giving joel i'm, I'm assuming because i mean i think at this point we have a good idea of who joel is he is thinking of okay this is something that could easily happen to the two of us now and, to and even, it's obviously scares the shit out of him and to even add to that of them potentially being the ones in the ground next. It's also, I think he's also seeing Ellie as turning into a little bit more of himself because at the end of the True. very, very end of the episode, Ellie is the one that is first one to leave the gravesite. And she's the one telling Joel, like, yo, we got to keep moving. She's just trying to, she's pulling a Joel here. She's just like burying her emotions. Now she wants to rather, she would rather focus on the mission at hand rather than actually talk these through these things. And I think in Joel's reaction to her saying that, I think you can see that one, he definitely sees them as the next possible victims, but two, that shit like Ellie is starting to become like me and I'm not a great person at all. He definitely doesn't view himself as someone who's, you know, a great human. So I think he doesn't want one. He wants to now protect Ellie even more, but to also prevent her from following in his footsteps of just being a ruthless, cold blooded, like killer kind of thing. Yeah, I wonder how they go with that. I wonder if it will be something that Joel will change about himself because he sees the way it's now impacting Ellie or it will be like. It'll just be that that's the way the two of them are. I can't imagine them having these types of emotions. We were even talking at the end of the episode as they walk away, and it's like, these motherfuckers need a therapist. Like, they yeah. they obviously yeah. can't talk. They're not going to talk to each other about it in a way that'll be helpful. So, like, they, they need some type of, like, external opinion, voice, reason, something. But they're obviously not going to get it. They don't really have a choice because every day is, you know, survival. So... I think it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to watch it develop. I mean, it's sad, honestly, to watch it develop, but I'm just interested to see where how the story handles it going forward. I think Joel mm -hmm. will finally be the first one to make the first move in terms of reaching out to Ellie because, you know, in the past, we've seen, you know, Ellie try and ask questions about Tess, just not even just out of curiosity, just because she did have a, a love for Tess and wanted to get to know her more. And Joel back then was kind of shooting those questions down. But I think Joel will now be on the other side of that, you know, trying to press Ellie a little bit more. So, he can realize a little bit, like take a more a bigger step into that fatherly figure role and for her. I don't know. He already kind of has last episode after she had to, you know, paralyze the guy. She didn't actually kill the guy, but yeah. she's the guy to help Joel. Joel, like once they have a second, he's like, "Hey, you shouldn't have to deal." He sucked with all at of doing this. it. I, I'm sorry. He sucked at <laughs> he doing sucks it. He sucks. But tried. But he yeah. has been trying, and I think yeah. we are, like you said, I I expect to see more of that out of Joel. Mm -hmm. Um kind of to tie this whole thing together i was pissed that they left sam's etch a sketch yeah that was the thing that, was sick. it was sick it yeah. could be useful i just don't think you leave that That's on on a it, we were gassing at the whole episode we were like oh yeah, Sam's so cool awesome. <laughs> i don't know and i get it it, it is like, it is helpful but also it is in memoriam for little sam like that yeah. was his toy and for sure that was the identity. but but uh, also it's a survi it's survival yeah. of the fittest yeah so whatever they left it for sam i'm fine with it but that is our episode like kyle said he looks at the burial ground and is just left to think this is going to be us inevitably like this will happen to me and ellie um and they're off but yeah, yeah i'm debating whether or not this was my favorite of the first five episodes i think it's either one or two behind the pilot um really strong episode though in my opinion 
Oh yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. I would say I mean, three is still like a personal favorite of mine. I think even thinking like of outside like the context of the show, like obviously we love plot progression and we love watching the action scenes, but three just has like a an individual episode of television. I think, like I had said on that recording, I I, I think it's going to be tough for any episode to pass that episode for me. But I think this is definitely my at least second favorite episode. It was really really good. Yeah, I said at the beginning, I'm still sticking with it. This was my personal favorite episode. We get a lot of great emotional moments between Sam and Henry, Joel and Ellie, as well as a great twist in the end with a lot of action with clickers included. Um, so I thought this was, for me, I couldn't have asked for much more in a in a Last of Us episode. Um, all I know going forward is that I refuse to attach myself to any characters that we get introduced to from here on yeah, out because right. I yep. I can't go through that. Should have learned again. that by now, baby. I should have, but like I, I really <laughs> had hope for Sam and Henry because they were a little bit younger. They got gotcha. you, yeah. But the showrunners are like, nah, we're just gonna. <laughs> they got gotcha. you. Doesn't matter age or what your background is, you're fucked no matter what. Yeah. So I'm definitely not going to be attaching myself to many characters going forward. I only am focusing on Joel and Ellie. I think that episode five was what everyone was hoping for after episode three. And I agree with you, Kyle. I think that episode three is my favorite. I was just so it just sucked me in for an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and 30 minutes, like a full movie. I was just entranced. So I really, really, really enjoyed episode three. I would say that this is probably the second or third and they're all so close. But I do think that. A lot of people were disappointed with episode four because you got that really side. I don't want to say side quest, but like Bill and Frank. It was, I mean, it was, was a setup all, episode. Yeah, it was. It was a setup episode. Yeah. It, it had its own story within a story. Phenomenal what, what, what it was, but it wasn't pushing Joel and Ellie's story too much. There wasn't too much when it comes to to the infected. Brian, yourself, you're like, yo, we haven't really seen any clickers or infected. So I had Justin, friend of the pod, who. Just had a little baby girl. Give give that a little oh, shout out. Congrats. congrats to Justin. Mm. Our and, number one fan, I would argue. Yeah, Justin. We Justin love you, Justin. Homie. Congratulations. But um, yeah, so he was saying himself too, like, you know, I really thought episode four was going to be more of like a banger action one just because we had three come out in the way it did. But, you know, we had four set us up for the for the big number five and we're out of Kansas City. We're going to be moving on. We have four more episodes left, so it sucks that they're on foot. It sucks that they're on foot. They were ready to go after episode three. We had a truck, we had supplies, we were fucking we had a A nice looking truck. We were killing it. Yeah. And now we have no pun book, we have no truck, we have we have very scant supplies. No no etch a sketch. Yeah. No etch a sketch. sketch. We yeah, we do rifle. have a rifle. rifle. That was yeah. funny yeah. to Alex when we were watching it, and she was like, this is such a video game where, like, we just upgraded our gun. Like, you know, we have our yeah, backpack. Yeah. Like, we're, we're doing a little bit good now. That is a good gun to have in the game. I will say that much right now. Yep, yep, but yep. I feel like we've all been able to give our lasting thoughts on the episode. So yep. that's going to do it for episode five coverage of The Last of Us. Before I get into the actual spiel, I'm just going to say, go birds. Yeah, well, it's gonna birds. be funny because this this will drop after the the game, so it's obviously the Eagles are going to win. But on the slight chance <laughs> that they don't, it'll be funny that we're that I'm now in the video. Just let's go, birds, baby. Kansas yep. City is a piece of shit in The Last of Us. <laughs> Kansas City is a piece of shit in the real world yeah. until Monday. Then yeah. yes, yes, then I can continue. 
to be indifferent about yeah, Kansas City. Completely. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> Kansas City, it's certainly on it's the map. There. Yep. 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 <laughs> Exists. Um, yeah, that's gonna do it. The Last of Us episode five. It was a banger. Um, as always, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on bingetowntv.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may be finding your podcasts. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And go birds. Yeah. Rip, go birds. birds. Rip Perry. Endure and survive. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.